Blog Talk Radio. An old Cherokee is teaching his grandson about life. A fight is going on inside of me, he said to the boy. It is a terrible fight, and it's between two wolves. One is evil. He is angry, envy, sorrow, regret, greed, arrogance, self-pity, guilt, resentment, inferiority, lies, false pride, superiority, and ego. He continued. The other wolf is good. This wolf is joy, peace, love, hope, serenity, humility, kindness, benevolence, empathy, generosity, truth, compassion, and faith. This same fight is going on inside you and inside every other person, too. The grandson thought about it. For a minute, and he asked his grandfather, Grandfather, which wolf will win? The old Cherokee simply responded, It's the one you feed. Yeah.
Hey, hey, and hey. Good evening, good afternoon, or good morning. Depends on what part of the world you are listening. Okay, namaste, and welcome. Welcome to another episode of the Greenhouse Effect radio show. I am Will Green, one half of the hosting duties here alongside with my best friend, the Lions historian, my dad, Bill Green. What's happening, Daddy-O? What's up, Wilfredo? Hey, my man. All right, all right. In case I haven't reminded you lately, you know Wilfredo is not your real name, right? Well, get out of here. What are you, what yeah, are you talking about? Something, it was something my brother, my oldest brother, used to call me, and so I just passed it on to you. So until you have <laughs> a son that you call William Jr., you know, Wilfredo is going to stop with you, man. So I just oh, thought I'd let you know that just so you would realize your um, – your your uh, ancestral chain, you know. <laughs> so what's up, I was trying Fredo? to say a character. I couldn't do it. <laughs> yeah, I can't. Uh, I'm I'm still wrestling with this chat room thing, but I ain't going to start tripping about it. So for everybody out there who happens to come into the chat room, you might see the greenhouse FX, like, slinging out a whole lot of comments. Half of them going to be Will and half of them going to be me. For some reason, this thing won't let me get my logo in. So I'm afraid of thought I'd let you know yeah. the time. Man. So now you can really say yeah. some things and just say it was me. It's you. <laughs> That's right. Know it was you. <laughs> hey, thank you. Man. I didn't even think of that. <laughs> right on. I'm just kidding, y'all. It's fine. You know, whatever you see, it's right. real. <laughs> right. It's yeah, all man. now. So, that's a um, a good reminder as well. Uh, you know, we got the chat room open, which you can access with your free Blog Talk Radio account. Uh, but Dad and I also like to remind you, you know, to grab a pencil and paper, a pen and pad, a post-it note, a marker, whatever you got. Uh, maybe you got some questions. <laughs> you got some questions, or maybe you got a comment. You might something you might want to share. It might be something you might learn. Uh, because here at the Greenhouse Effect Radio Show. Why use a hundred words when a thousand words will do? It should be like everybody, a thousand words will do. And then the applause. <laughs> yeah, I see. And if you're, you're feeling good tonight, man. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and uh if you are on the phone line, our number uh, for those that are listening online, we have a phone line. It's five one six four five three six zero nine four. And if you're on the line, uh, you press 1, that puts you in our queue. It lets us know that you want to share the power of your effects. Yes, I am feeling pretty good tonight, Dad. Yes, I am. Feeling good tonight. Excellent. Excellent. It's always good to hear. Yeah. 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 I, I like Wednesdays, too. I like the change-up, too. I like not having to, you know, do it every week. You know, sometimes you can get stagnant, you know. Switch it up a little bit. I know tomorrow's Christmas Eve, but still. Amen. Yeah, that's right. I feel it's always nice to switch it up once in a while. So yeah. what's going yeah. on? In, what's yeah. going on in the world out there today, man? Ooh, where do you begin? You know, um, but speaking of beginning, uh, a couple of days ago was the winter solstice. Ah, um, on the twenty-first. 
you know, right. since we're talking about beginnings. We got New Year coming up. You know, we're talking about 2021, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And so the winter right. solstice passed, you know, and it's uh, um, just a couple of things. I know a lot of people have been kind of getting their research on about this stuff. It's been all kind of things people have been talking about, but they're just really cool, especially this this particular one that just passed. Um, for those that don't know exactly what the winter solstice is, if I may, um, just really briefly, but the winter solstice occurs when one of the Earth's poles uh, has what's called a maximum tilt away from the sun. So it's pretty much the darkest day of the year, uh, the day with the shortest amount of daylight, the longest night of the year. It's 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 a uh, it reminds me of when we talked about. Uh, comedic deities and we talked about Ra and Set and like how the, when it was daylight outside it was like Ra was out on his boat you know making sure everything good you know but at night that was when he that was like you know it was like the shift it was like night to day but this particular event was really you know as it always is the winter solstice because it it's kind of marking a death and rebirth kind of cycle of the sun if you will um and, you know, throughout history, you know, I mean, they had to use it, you know, to <laughs> to survive. You know, it was a guide. Uh, it, it helped to know as far as when you were uh, sowing your, your crops, uh, rather the animals were mating and, you know, when the offsprings were coming out. Uh, you had to use these seasons, you know, with meats and figuring out, you know, what's the good meat and how you're going to ration your food because the winter's coming. You know, so it's it, it was – uh, and so what happened a couple of days ago was a little bit extra because we had this extra thing that was happening with Saturn and Jupiter, and they got really close. They said they were, like, kissing. It was, like, so close. <laughs> but uh, yeah. because they got so close, you know, it it it, uh, it, was, it gave this energy shift. And that was another part about what was so special about December 21st, 2020, and so many, you know, I think about numbers and numerology too, but I'm sure there's something to that as well. Um, but Always. with this, yeah, you know, especially, it, seemed, it was a lot of numbers, you know, with this 2020, maybe because I like twos, but I'm being biased. <laughs> but, um, but with the history of the solstice, um, as far as the energy shift that we talk about that I just mentioned, um, just a couple of things that I wanted to share and pass on. It's just something to think about. Now, uh, an astronomical event like this um, has always been associated with, like, powerful celestial forces, uh, bringing enlightenment and protection. Um, so what I suggest to us all and that with this new year that's coming up, that we embrace growth. We've been talking a lot about growth mindsets, uh, fixed mindsets, um, but be able to accept the innovation that comes with it. Um, there's a lot of rewards of, like, love and abundance, health and wealth. There's going to be a lot of unexpected blessings, but always expect the positive developments. Always expect the positive Development. So yeah, that winter stole yeah. solstice. <laughs> solstice. I had to make sure I got it right there. I didn't want to be 
<laughs> you know, <laughs> gotta get that yeah, mouth right. You know, what'd you say? I'm sorry. I said I feel you, man. I feel you all the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's that's that was just something I wanted to share um, as we, you know, move along with with the topic and everything for today. But you know, um, a funny part about it is that a lot of people were talking about developing superpowers. I don't know if you saw any of that on social media or anything like that, but I hope that, you know, in joking that we're talking about these superpowers and stuff that may manifest, but uh, um, there's a lot of powers that we have that we're already blessed with. So I hope we will really see it and use it next year. Whereas we come into this new this new cycle, you know, because uh, hey, yeah, time is undefeated, right? But we can definitely work Man. with it. Say that again. <laughs> time is undefeated. Time is undefeated. Amen. Time is the reigning champ, huh? <laughs> time. That's that time. What was that song? I don't remember who sang that. Messing it up now, man. You know, you're doing just fine, (laughs) staying in your lane. Time, yes. Undefeated. Right on, man. That's beautiful. Yeah. Put that on a a greeting card, man. Well, I'm going to probably make one and, and, and put it on social media to keep talking about this show for sure. Yeah. So um, the last couple of weeks, you know, the last couple of weeks or so in this year, we've been talking about a lot about fixed mindsets and growth mindsets, as we just mentioned, um, and and emotional intelligence. Again, all this as we were looking forward to going into uh, the new year um, and and how we've been able really to adapt to the changes uh, that we've been going through this year. and again, when we're talking about mindsets, it's 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 pretty much how you. It affects how you really live. It affects really how you live your life, um, and how you view yourself. Mindsets can determine the person who you want to be, or it can even determine what you want to accomplish that has true value, if you will. You know, and even talking about true value, then that question is. How do you identify or how do you define success? And we've talked about another part of that question is how do you define or identify failure? Because we can't know one without the other, but a lot of times we focus so much on the success part and not the failure part. And that's a um, one of the main differences of having a fixed mindset and a growth mindset. How do we identify success and how do we identify failure? A fixed mindset, and we're not going to go through all the points that we went through these last couple of weeks, but I wanted to take this time um, to just do a quick review again of what we talked about. Um, again, looking forward as we're going ahead, et cetera, going through these changes and developing growth mindset, but really just understanding both. So we really and I have both, and we'll talk about that. But how do you identify success and failure? With a fixed mindset, again, it's all about the talent, and that if there's a, if something fails, then 
it's my fault. Growth mindset, when they fail, it's an opportunity to learn. It's a matter of taking that lesson and developing an effort to become better. That growth. It is just what it is, fixed. There are certain moments where we are fixed. There are certain moments when we are a growth mindset. And as we talk about, and hopefully you all have, you know, taken a moment, like, what the hell is he talking about, fixing growth mindset, that you really took some time to research this on your own as well. That's a big step as well. Um, I, 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 When I was talking to Dad earlier, I mentioned, and I mentioned too, you know, I've had issues with being a fixed mindset and just dealing with change and how difficult and uncomfortable it is. And there were moments, there was a moment when I didn't want to accept challenge. You know, again, I've talked about that. But one thing, uh, Dad, uh, we were talking earlier, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, saying with me, me and my fixed mindset, maybe that can be a title, me and my fixed mindset. <laughs> um, but I'd accomplish, I would accomplish something, uh, and then that would be it. I wouldn't work hard anymore. You know, it would be like I accomplished the goal, and then I'm not working at it anymore. You know, it got complacent real quick. And then when the time came up that I had to do it again, it's like, oh, yeah, well, I've done it before. And you go in there, you know, it's like all those Rocky movies. You know, they get arrogant and stuff like that. And then they get their butt whipped and they're like, oh, okay, I got to go back in and do some more work again. Um, But it's these moments and these discussions that I appreciate us having. Um, Because these are things I don't think that a lot of people talk about, you know. I know one thing, you, you really get a kick out of doing these shows, Dad, because Again, we get to talk about things that people don't really talk about, right? Yeah. Oh, I agree. I agree. And that's one part of it for me, for sure. But the other part of it is I learned some stuff. Like, I learned a lot mm-hmm. through you having it, um, you know, um, presented in a way that got me out of my own head, to, you know, saying those disclaimers. Like, yeah, I already know that, you know, uh, which – Sometimes in its simplicity, folks think, oh, yeah, you know, I know this. But there's something different that happens when you listen and take notes and hear and participate in the dialogue. And suddenly there's like a a quickening almost, you know. um, I guess what, you know, um, um, computer dogs would would call an upgrade, you know, Hmm. and the things that may have known at a given time or something certain uh, are suddenly upgraded to a clearer and and often deeper understanding. And that's definitely what happened to me over the course of the last two weeks. Um, Not just taking in what you was presenting, but also in taking notes gave me something to go back and reflect on and apply you know, as certain di- uh, as certain dilemma, right, right on, right drama, on. And, yeah, as black folk like to say, drama would show up. You know, and I could actually go back and look at this not right at the moment because at the moment right. I'm too busy being right, but I, then I could reflect on, well, okay, your right is fixed. You know, so what do you need to do to grow from that fixed perspective, or is there a re? Because sometimes you are right, or sometimes I'm sorry, I am right. 
you know, not all the time, not most of the time, <laughs> but sometimes, you know, and and I owe it to myself to acknowledge when I feel right, you know. So, but that doesn't mean being right has to be so fixed that it can't be flexible, you know. And yeah. um, you really, you know, you're really giving me. And listen, these past couple of weeks, you've given me things as recently as today, in fact, to reflect on, you know, because sometimes, you know, old themes can tamper with, you know, new dilemma, you know, instead of approaching a situation with fresh ears, sometimes stale ears getting the, get in the way, you know, especially when, you know, the stale ears are familiar to you know, condemnation is being thrown out from before. And instead of having, you know, grown beyond that, you know, I'm still holding on to it as if it still applies. And all that does is just drag me back down, you know, into an old place of dialogue that really in my um, growth mind doesn't even apply. But it's like for the sake of argument, let me take these um, condemnations and apply them as if they still apply. And it's like, what happened to all the growth, dude? <laughs> well, there's definitely no emotional maturity in that move <laughs> or no emotional intelligence in that move. You know, so, you know, you really helped me um, play with my own mind around some some old themes, you know, that um, that especially today material, rematerialized, you know, and, I, and, and frustrated but not guilt-ridden about having yeah. digressed into an old posture instead of just letting the situation just, you know, roll over me and be more focused on the outcome, you know. And, and that, 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 I think, is what I've gotten out of what I've listened to for the past couple of weeks more than anything else. I don't have to be a prisoner to old behavior. I can, you know, tune into, and I'm allowed to tune into a fresh outcome. So, I, you know, oh, I appreciate what what you put out there, you know, for these um, last couple of weeks, man. But it's really That's the value, awesome. if I could just say this last thing and I'll get off of it. Yeah, it's really, sure, to me, the sure. value of taking notes. And my mind, you know, as sharp as I like to believe it is, is cluttered, you know, and sometimes the clutter causes forgetfulness, but notes brings it all back to clarity for me. I know. Yeah. Definitely. So that's a couple of things I wrote down. I just had to put in quotation marks just so I can remember the emotion of the energy that I felt at the moment. At the Amen. moment. And uh, gesture into an old posture. Mm-hmm. A prisoner to old behavior. Wow. Right. Yeah, man. You know, yeah, and 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 that's the real, that's the that's like the, the 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 binding contract, you know, of addictive behavior. I know that was a long, many shows ago we talked about addictive behavior being the driving force behind addiction. You know, but if you don't change the behavior, there's no way you can harness the addiction. Mm. That was early yeah. shows. I remember that one. Yeah, yeah, man, we're going, we're going, we're going almost back to pre-COVID. <laughs> it was right on <laughs> yeah, the heels that's... of it, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was one of the first couple of shows, man. Yeah. 
Um, but, yeah, man. Yeah, so, you know, this is good, at, man. At, this is really good. I appreciate you doing the review of it. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Will. No, no. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you know. Um, again, we have, we've had these moments to, to go through that. I mean, and to hear to hear about what you've learned and your growth. A lot of the yeah. things that we've been doing, you know, I've been growing from, you know, criticism. You know, uh, we're talking about fixing and growth mindsets, and we talk about criticisms. And, and not taking it personally. A fixed mindset would take it personally. A growth mindset wouldn't take it personally. So, again, you know, um, we have these moments to show the audience here our growth, and they're right there along with us. Um, you know, with a little dead air every once in a while, some tech difficulties, but, you know, we keep learning and growing. Um, so, uh, yeah, I uh, Adam, yeah, I'm sorry. On the chart, on the chat room, if you don't harness the behavior, and I think the last part of it was, if you don't harness the behavior, there's no way you can overcome the addiction. He's looking for that you last know, part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, this is what it's, this is what it comes down to in life. You know, our patterns of behavior. You know, our patterns of behavior dictate our dictate our choices. You know, and and if my my pattern of behavior is, you know, addictive by nature, you know, then that sets me up for, you know, future problems. You know, but the hard thing, you know, I can admit to the addiction, but do nothing about the behavior. <laughs> it's kind of like, you know, it's like, okay, what are we going to argue here? Are we going to argue facts or are we going to argue, you know, uh, deceptions? You know, um, and can and if we're going to argue facts, how do we do that? You know, how do we argue facts? You know, like I, I, so, it it seems to me the only way you know an argument can happen is something versus something. You know, not something as something. You know, so if there's something versus something, then it's just a matter of deciding what side of the road am I on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because a person in yeah. denial is going to stay in the middle of the road. Now I'm committed. You know, so no conversation will help a person. Everybody will be arguing while the person in denial is just whistling down the middle of the road. You know, I don't know what's wrong with y'all, but I'm out of here. <laughs> it happens in families all the time. You know, one side is arguing. Well, yeah, it's right. Got no business acting like the other person said. Well, I don't blame for acting like that. In the meantime, he's like. <laughs> Let me know when y'all finish. <laughs> when we gonna eat? <laughs> yeah, right there you go. <laughs> you know, hold that point. <laughs> man, it's time to eat, ain't it? Yeah, man. Yeah, it's it's trippy. It's trippy. But then again, you know what isn't in life? You know. Yeah. Yeah. Simple. Yeah. Simple. Always simple, but never easy. You know, always simple, never easy. And then simple. you put, uh, and then you throw right. emotions into it, and and exactly. you know we get yeah, to right. we're yeah. talking about emotions and stuff, um, especially now, right? You know, we're dealing with and 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 we talk about trying to understand uh, and deal. Uh, well, how can I put it? Understand and accept. Excuse me, accept our mindset. Ah, um, that's a big word. And he just threw out. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. yeah. Understand and accept 
mindsets. And again, I say I may say mindset, and I'm saying it intentionally with the S because you know we, we can't be, be you know accepting both. You know, there's certain moments when this and that. We talked about Jordan, right? <laughs> we laugh about Jordan. You know how he kind of floated between that. His fixed mindset was, "You right, you're going to give me the ball, right?" You know, but his yeah. rough mindset yeah. was. Damn, I didn't make this. I didn't, you know, I I did this and I failed. So I'm gonna make sure I don't fail again. But his fixed mindset was, "You're going to give me the last shot." So <laughs> you know, that's not good. Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you, if you want a chance to win this game, this ball has no business being in anybody else's hands, and you all should know that because I do. Right. <laughs> Because <laughs> I know that. <laughs> What's wrong with y'all, man? <laughs> Obviously, so, you, you better you better recognize. <laughs> exactly, you know, yeah. you know, and that's and that's and that's where it becomes difficult to work with a fixed mindset individual. You know, amen. Um, yeah. Yeah, but you know you're accepting these mindsets, and 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 then we're like, so what's the emotion behind it? I mean, to I think to really understand it, and this has been a journey just talking about mindsets and emotional intelligence, you know, on this show because I'm kind of learning some things too as we go along. Um, yeah, absolutely. You know, in in, in our discussion, so. Emotional intelligence, it sounds like a, to me, when I first heard it, it sounded really complicated, you know, like, oh, oh, my goodness. But I guess it would do that because we're talking about emotion. Um, And intelligence. They almost seem like, you know, contraindicated. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's like, wait a minute. You know, they don't go together because emotions is pretty much free of, of anything, you know, intellectual. It's just feelings. You know, and right. intelligence or intellectual response is free of emotions. You know, it just responds to data. So it could be very, very complex. So I loved it when you first said it, you know, about um, emotional intelligence. And you use another word to go along with the intelligence. It's like you were saying emotional intelligence leads to emotional emotional maturity. You know, now. Oh, that, yeah. That, you that, 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 yeah. 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 Yeah, you brought that one. So in, in talking about this intelligence or maturity of our emotions, um, th- um, sorry, in talking about emotional intelligence, there, are, there were three skills that we talked about in just looking and identifying your emotional intelligence. And there's other aspects of it, too. Um, but I found these three skill sets just to examine and look at uh, an easier way to uh, look at yourself as you do your personal inventory or whatever you want to call it. Um, so one of the skill sets of looking at emotional intelligence is having an emotional awareness or uh, an ability to identify and name uh, your emotion. Mm-hmm. Another another skill would be to harness or use the emotion and apply it to a task. Harness, and then the last skill would be uh, the ability to manage the emotion, and that's really where you have to regulate your emotion when necessary. Like I like to add that when necessary, 
You regulate your emotions and help others to do the same. You know, I, um, I've used this and applied this idea when, like when I was working in the schools, I talked about the examples I worked with, uh, with working with kids and de-escalating uh, situations. But this is when we're even interacting with other people, especially now during the Christmas season. They'd be like, ho, 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 but you out there in those streets, man, and you're like, you mother sucker, cut me off, and everybody's driving crazy, and the stores are full, mm-hmm. and people are fighting for gifts and stuff like that. You know, there's not a lot of intelligence in the emotions that we use. Um, but, you know, in, in these trying times and all these escalation issues, uh, a lot of things I tell the kids, and I have to tell you too, is just to remember to think before you react. Uh, have some empathy for others, you know, the shoes on the other foot, and develop uh, self-awareness. And you remember, we I think we spent like half an episode just talking about self-awareness. <laughs> and there's so much to that as well. Um, yeah. Yeah, it, it, I don't think... You know any of what you what what you're you know talking about, whether fixed or growth mindset or emotional intelligence, is so clearly wrapped. You know that this is how it is, or that is how it is, or that is how it is. If I'm hearing you right, what what mm-hmm. I'm hearing you say is that these are kind of you know they're 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 fluid. They can they can stay in one. You know, um, fixed point if that's what's required, but just as easily can lead to some growth if that's what's needed, you know, and if if they work cohesively together, then they create a intelligent emotional response. Uh, I think, though, the hard thing is understanding if I'm being rigid, if I'm being stubborn, if I'm being unmovable, you know, and if I can identify how that's affecting my behavior, you know, I think it's a matter of first self, self, self first self um, um, assessment, and not applying it to somebody else because that becomes judgment, right? And then judgment yeah. in itself is fixed, you know. Um, so, you know, uh, it, it, it's a, it's a, it's a tricky thing. I'm just looking at a comment that Adam made about. You know, doesn't a fixed mindset have to also to do with trust? It, it it depends on what the trust is, you know, and what it is that I or we are trusting, you know, and it and that's you know, is is it a multiple relationship? Is it a singular relationship? Is it a dynamic of relationships? You know, if I'm hearing, if I've heard anything over the course of this last two weeks, the first thing to do is take a personal assessment. You know, and I think that's the hardest thing for so many to do. You know, instead of reacting to others, taking a, you know, a hard but fair look itself. Yeah. You know, at least that's that's what I'm getting from this, man. Yeah. Um, I was just thinking about that question <clears throat> that Adam said. It um, has to do with trust. Um, I guess it also depends on what's the goal. You know what's the what's the end game? Like, what is one person getting from it? What's the other person getting getting from it? You know, because um, I mean, like, yeah, but 
still, it has to start with the individual, you know, because mm-hmm. if, if I'm not doing an accurate self-assessment, then all I'm doing is just feeding off of reaction. You know, and I see the example Adam's using. I hope we don't get too much into the metaphor of sports. I think the point was, you know, depending on the on the circumstance, you know, uh, we used an example of a circumstance, not of, of, of life in itself, but a circumstance. If if I'm if I'm the go to guy, if I'm the superstar, if I'm the one one that 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 the team looks for to take the risk and taking that last shot. That that's what that's all about, and so the it's the collective attitude, you know. Of well, that's pretty much where we're going to go. But we ain't talking about that, right? We're talking about the struggles of the individual in dealing with the struggles of life. Or ha- am I missing something here? No, it's more it's more about the struggles of life. I mean, sports was just a good way to, uh, what do they call it, a micro. Cosm, if you will, I, I think that's the term. Just a small aspect of it, microcosm. Um, but no, yeah, it, yeah it, 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 it's more. Yeah, it's more about the the bigger picture. Um, but I mean, it's all about how you can relate it too to your own personal experiences. Um, but yeah, I don't like to just use sports as one example. Yes, it's about life. Period. Uh, whether it be a job or. You know, have being a manager, being a leader, building a team, or even just knowing your role in a team. Maybe you're not the leader. You know, maybe you just have a certain role um, and being okay with that. Okay, um, but it's still, just help me out here because I feel like we're going into a, a hole. You know, mm-hmm. we're talking okay. about fixed mindset, growth mindset, and emotional um, intelligence. We're talking about it from a singular perspective, right? I mean, I just want to be sure that I got that one right. And then, you know, all that other stuff, fine. But it's really a, a an, an issue for the individual, right? Yeah. To assess yeah. where that individual is with whatever it is that the individual's been blessed with, whether you're using it or not, you know, um, whether it's being misused or not, whether it's, you know, um, preventing um, what needs to happen in order to move to a healthier way of being. We're talking about an individual assessment, right? Yes. Okay. I just want to be sure, yeah. you know, um, mm-hmm. all this, you know, Mike, Scotty, you know, business. All, it's like, yeah, okay, all that's good for the ego, you know, or bad for the ego. But we're talking about, you know, um, um, moving out of that realm of the ego, you know, more into the 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 you know the attitude of change, right? Right. I'm asking. I'm not saying change. Okay. Change for the individual first, and then hopefully right. that ensues the change in, okay. in you know with right. others. Well. Right. Yeah. Okay. I just wanted to be sure that I I didn't need to throw all my notes out for the last two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Burn it all, damn it! Just burn it all. <laughs> no, I just wanted no, to get man. your lessons right, man. That's all. You know, no. I didn't want to confuse it with um, no, too we, much metal. Remember, yeah. remember when we had a uh, discussion with our other cousin, and we talked about um, being comfortable, or how do you feel when you're alone? 
we were talking about being around other people. Yeah, yeah, uh, being, yeah. I remember. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. But I'm also getting a little antsy. <laughs> you know, I'm about you know wanting to kind of nudge you along a little bit. We can, yeah, we can go um, back and forth I, with this from now on. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Adam uh, wanted to. He just pressed one in the queue. Um, I know if you want to take a moment to bring him in, um, but that was all I had as far as just our review with fixed and growth mindset and touching on emotional intelligence again, and and all of these things again uh, seem to just kind of flow within each other. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if we still talk about aspects of fixed and growth mindsets and emotional intelligence and. Um, um, balancing chakra energies and all these different things. Uh, that that was all I had with tonight, and just our recap of those topics. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's we're about um, hey, all right. We did pretty good as far as uh, that's concerned. Uh, so we, can we take a moment, bring Adam in real quick? All right, man. You the EP. You know, you the man. You the po- you the man with the power. I ain't heard his voice in a minute. Yeah. Now you hear it. Yeah, there he is. What's good, sir? <clears throat> What's good, gentlemen? Oh man, it's a, another episode here, and you know, spreading love and knowledge and et cetera, et cetera. Feeling good, no, Billy absolutely. Ray. And I brought I brought up I brought up. Um, <clears throat> Michael Jordan and 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 Pippen, but I was I was just thinking about what you guys were were saying about the mindset in terms of it's it's just it's trust. Whether it's and I went to the I went to the extreme with with Michael Jordan and and Pippen, but it's 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 trust with with your spouse. It's trust with your 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 therapist and being able to trust that person so you can open up to them. But what would be the if if I just quick question. Uh if yeah. I'm in a fixed mindset, why would I have the need to go to a therapist? Well, if and if you're in a fixed mindset, and I, I guess that's exactly why you may need to go to a therapist. Because if you're in a fixed mindset, then you think that everything that you do is right and everybody else is wrong. Well, not exactly. So, Just that okay. I, mean, I think when you're talking about trust, I'm looking at anything as far as what anybody would do. So <clears throat> yep. I don't know if it's a matter of trust, but I know that this person has a skill set that I can that I can utilize to help me reach this particular goal. I'm just thinking as far as goal settings and stuff like that and working no, with other people to accomplish something. But yes, I mean, definitely. and so then if it doesn't fit, if it doesn't work and then there's failure, you know, then it's not my fault. It's that person's fault that I was working with. Yes. And that, and that's, that's the whole, and, and maybe not, maybe fixed mindset isn't, isn't the, from with from where I'm coming from, maybe fixed mindset isn't the right term, but it's just it's being open to other suggestions. And that's because the whole thing about bringing this up anyway, just being open to that. You know, even if you're 
fixed mindset person, you never even knew about it. But now you're hearing about growth mindset. Already that seed is planted. That's why I've been talking about planting seed. That seed is already planted. So it's yep. kind of it's it's kind of you end up kind of going around a little bit, around and around and around and around and around, um, just because that process is just gaining momentum. But again, if there's no goal, yep. no purpose, you know, if there's no, if you're not identifying what's the growth aspect, what's the learning point, you can just keep going around and around and around in circles. Like, what's the point? What's the point? And not to be rude, but, but it's, it's like, you know, what where, what are we trying to accomplish? And no, what you know, I, even look like. <clears throat> Like look at look you know uh, looking ahead we're talking about looking ahead to next year, you know, what do we want to accomplish? We're talking about Biden and and all these things that's happening. What do we want to accomplish? So so how are we how are we holding people, people accountable? accountable? Oh, um, I'm sorry, I just got some feedback. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, no, I got you now. I got I had the feedback too, but no, not now you're now you're loud and clear. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, um, I guess it's just a matter of how you define the trust, too. I guess. Mm. Yeah. But but you have you you have to have you you have to have some trust in whoever you're talking to. No, you don't. And you have to have. No, you don't. No, you don't think Why so. Why do I have to trust somebody? No. Why? Okay, so so an example. This show right here that you have with your dad, you have to have trust in your dad with what you're talking about and where it's going to go and what you guys want to do. Yeah, a growth mindset. Yeah. But just because I have a fixed mindset doesn't mean I have to trust anybody. I'm going to do it myself because I'm a oh, hey, like hey, that. Okay. I can I, can no, jump in. Yeah. Can I butt in for a second? <laughs> you, know, this is gonna, you know, this is going to carry over to the, the hour. Look, you, you gave some idea, you gave some points, you know, and I think we just need to just kind of wrap it up right there. You know, you said a fixed mindset. It's not flexible. Feelings of failure sticks to what they know, tends to personalize criticism, feels a sense of worthlessness, and that nobody cares. A growth mindset is able to work with others, see failure as, a, as an opportunity for growth, is flexible, these feedback as constructive. So, you know, again, none of this means anything, you know, without, you know, an honest self-assessment. So if that hasn't happened, none of the rest of this stuff matters, you know, and, and I would have to tend to agree with you, Will, that if I'm fixed in all of these, any of these aspects of a fixed mindset, then I won't be talking to anybody else. Because that's my world. That's my reality. That's how I see things. Only when I'm willing to step out of that you know, will I even begin to accept the idea of change. But just because I accept the idea of change, I'm still going to have to go through a fixed mindset to get to a growth mindset. It's not going to just disappear because I want to change. You know, and that's the struggle with so many people I see in, in, in addictive behaviors. We get so locked into a one-dimensional approach toward everything in life that it takes some type of spiritual emergency almost that just causes us to bottom out to finally surrender to the fact that we ain't got a clue, you know. But sometimes, unfortunately, for so many who are locked into addictive behavior, that's what it takes. 
whether it's a fixed mindset about the way I solve problems is the way I do them, whether it's a fixed mindset about the way issues in life affect me and it's life's fault, not mine, you know, or whether it's a growth mindset that recognizes if I want to get what I want or if I want to get what I need or if I want to get what I get, doing it the way I've been doing it ain't going to do it for me. So I don't know how many more examples we can use. I don't know how many more approaches we can use. I think it just comes down to what you're just teaching, Will, that this is something to look at, this is something to assess, and this is something to use if it fits. If not, fine, but it's not really something that, you know, um, needs this debate. You know, it's like, you know, either it applies or it doesn't, you know, and, and use what's been taught. You know, it's a challenge for anybody to be who we are. You know, but, and the only question but, is, am I getting what I want? But can you have a, a fixed mindset and a growth right. mindset at the same time? You can have yeah. all of them at yeah, the we, same time. Yeah. You can have a fixed yeah, mindset, yeah. a growth mindset, and an intelligent um um, an emotional intelligent response. You know, it's it's pliable. We said that earlier. It 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 it, it works cohesively. Depending, there may be some things I'm very well adapted to doing, and there be other things that my stubbornness gets in the way. You know, but it, it it's it it's a self assessment to first determine if there's even an issue. You know, because none of this means nothing if there's no issue. If I'm fine with the way I'm doing in life, then, you know, it's just a matter of having these things available to use for consideration when things aren't quite the way I would like them to be or don't feel like I would like them to feel. Or having others give an assessment of me that isn't parallel to my assessment of myself. You know, and, um, you know, that it's a complicated thing, simple, but not easy, you know, this thing called life. But I don't know if we can beat this dead horse much more, can we, before we I move mean, on to the rest of what we want to cover tonight? Oh, we could, but, I mean, we're not going to. <laughs> we're not going to. And, and you know, I always like the uh, the verbal kung fu with Adam, you know, and it's, and it's also it's always thought-provoking. Uh, but, you know, I said it earlier, too, remember, that understanding and accepting mindsets, um, you got to identify it and accept it. And we've talked about it in other shows, too, and identifying emotions and stuff like that and the whole balance and dealing with life, this crazy thing in life. So, yeah, anyway. Because uh, are you still there, Adam? Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. Appreciate the uh, the thought provoking questions. Again, the verbal kung fu. Uh, we're going to take a brief moment here, about uh, about a couple minutes. We're going to take a brief break. Uh, then we're going to come back, and Dad is going to, um, well, Dad and I, we're going to talk about a few things. Uh, just keep the show moving along. So again, just give us a couple of minutes here. Uh, again, you are listening to the Greenhouse Effect Radio Show on Blog Talk Radio. We'll see you in about two minutes.
All right. Hey, Dad, what now? <laughs> now what? <laughs> Should I even want to ask? <laughs> Kind of, kind of trippy right now. You know, I'm thinking about a couple of things I saw. You know, I have a different appreciation. I mean, I know we're, you know, a little tiny operation. I get that, but that's still, you know, it's like they say about James Brown, whether it's five or five hundred. You know, you're gonna get all he got, and I really believe that. So, you know, ours might be a tiny outlet, but nevertheless, you know, we're still trying to deliver information, and I have a a real appreciation for the talking heads on the cable shows because news, man, it, it just, I mean, it, it evolves at a rapid pace, you know, and what I might be talking, writing down and, and putting my script together in the morning can shift so quickly. So the, the response to the now, what in my end of it, you know, it's like just what I was hearing today about the migrant families that were separated at the border, you know, where hundreds of them are still separated and, and remain unreachable. And of those who've been rejoined, many, if not most, need some form of therapy to help them deal with the separation anxiety they experience from being apart. And, you know, I looked at that and I feel for it, and I'm definitely not trying to minimize the incredible impact it must have on you know, the families of those who have gone through that trauma. However, you know, can you imagine what it must have been like to be a victim of human trafficking that began in Africa and spread across the eastern shores of America, a country being stolen right out from under the nose of its original inhabitants, you know, shredded of their dignity, I'm talking about those who, again, you know, fell victim to tra- uh, to trafficking, you know, th- you know, shredded of their dignity, of their life, of their history, of their language, of their purpose, of their hope, reduced to a generational experience of servitude. And then, after hundreds of years of brutality, you know, that all the family members endured, to be set free in the same hostile country that caused the trauma in the first place. You know, um, don't get me wrong. I feel for what's going on down at the border. But, you know, there's a, a history of this, you know, that, that, that a culture, you know, that is homegrown, by the way, has endured as a part of its own history in this country. You know, this isn't a place where we strive to arrive to with the hope of a promised future. This was a place we were brought to kicking and screaming, you know, begging our Lord and Savior, whoever that may have been in the eyes of those who were held in this form of bondage, to free them from that indignant, malignant treatment that they had to endure. Now, that's just for that. Now what's up with your president, man? You know he's um, he's wanting to veto the defense bill, which has never been or hasn't been vetoed in the past sixty years, man. And wants to and talking about you know vetoing the stimulus package. And the thing that gets me is that both of these items in Congress have had more than enough bipartisan support to override any veto that Trump made 
issue. So so what's up? So what's you know what now with him? Now what was you know the government was shut down, unemployment support dies, and possibly which may be the reason why he's creating all this chaos. The two runoff elections in Georgia would be stalled. Mm. You know, Trump. You know, Tuesday, just Tuesday, man. What was today? Wednesday, <laughs> just yesterday. Yeah. yeah, this is like a week ago. Just yesterday, man. He, you know, he criticized the omnibus package, which has to do with the two items I mentioned, and also mm-hmm. includes the nine hundred billion stimulus and appropriations le- legislation to fund the federal government. So that means the federal government is set to run out of money on December twenty eighth, and that means that. Many of the protections for the unemployed, student borrowers, renters, and the CARES Act are set to expire at the end of December. You know, and that's just my response to your question. Now what? <laughs> I got some more, but I'm going to, you know, let you jump in there, man. Yeah, no, that's the, you know, the most recent thing as far as the veto, vetoes are concerned. I didn't know about the defense bill. But yeah, man. now when you say it and looking at it, it's like what's the what's this game of chess that this dude is playing? But like I say, he's a businessman. You know, he may act dumb in front of the mic, but um, you know, no, but there are moves that yeah. But this ain't good that? business. This is not good business. See, that's the no, thing. He made no, a businessman, but he's a failure as a businessman. You know. But go ahead. I'm sorry, man. I cut you off. And that's that other discussion, I guess, with emotions, politicians, and businessmen. But um, no, I didn't know about the defense bill. Uh, but listening to what you're just saying, and it's like the strategy behind it. So the shutdown, and then there's the delay, and then you talk about Georgia. Um, so does that mean if he vetoes the stimulus bill, and he's talking to like Two thousand dollars instead of six hundred. So if he vetoes it, and then the government shuts down, it doesn't really matter, right? Well, no. See, it's more. It's not quite as. First of all, he threw this two thousand dollar thing out just now, but that was something mm-hmm. that the Democrats had put out nine months ago or six months ago. That you know that him and his and his boys said no way. So. That 2000 thing is six months old. That ain't an idea of his. That was what the Democrats said, that he and his crew said, no way. So he's throwing this monkey in the wrench. You know, and the question is, is he doing it? And see, people give him too much credit. This man ain't doing nothing but trying to just gummy up the works enough to avoid jail time. And I don't know why we keep dodging that. You know, he doesn't care about anything else. What he wants to do is just confuse people enough that we look up and four more years have passed and he's managed to dodge the bullet of going to jail. He's not concerned about your well-being, your life, your your sense of, of, of success, your, your worries of failure, death. He's, he just wants to stay out of jail and he wants to be sure that he and his family get paid along the way. You know, they are making money fist over fist you know, through all of this, while people are dropping dead. And that's the other, what now, now, what, COVID-19, and what's up right. with it? And I realize people are are absolutely, you know, fatigued around 
but that don't make the virus go away. It's not an optional disease. You know, this isn't something that you get to decide if you want to get it or not. You know, yeah, this this thing is not getting any better. As a matter of fact, January is projected to be worse ever. So the vaccine doesn't make the the, the virus say, oh, okay, let's get out of here. You know, it is still, as a matter of fact, now it's breaking off from itself and mutating. So, you know, it, it, it's still going to require something that, I don't know, in this part of the world anyway, I can't speak for the rest of it, but this part of the world seems to have a hard time with accepting some degree of responsibility for changing behavior at a time of inconvenience. You know, and we're not talking about necessarily for the rest of one's life. We're just talking about for now. You know, so the things Mm -hmm. we got spoiled about, the things we got used to, the things are once being tampered with, our needs are being completely forgotten or pushed aside or otherwise, you know, um, changed into some kind of victimhood, you know, or a debate even within the walls of families. You know, it, it's it's a terrible thing, you know. And I realize that most people, because, you know, folks like to say, well, you know, 300,000 people dying, that's a small drop in the bucket compared to how many people occupy America. Try telling that to somebody who just lost a loved one, especially this yeah. time of the year. Try telling them yeah. that at hey, 300,000, they're only concerned about one. They're not even thinking about the other 299,999. They're just dealing with the one. And maybe, you know, there hasn't been enough reality around that for po- folks to really have a sense of, of concern. Maybe just watching it on TV desensitizes the real the real pandemic that exists. But I knew someone who died, you know, I mean, really, literally, well, maybe not literally, but, you know, close to literally, right under my nose. He was on a prayer line. You know, one week he was there, then the next week he was dead from coronavirus. And to hear his spouse come back online periodically, even though this was like three, maybe three months ago, you can still feel the despair in her voice. Yeah, she has the Lord to keep her strong, but she has the loss that weakens her emotions that you can hear in her voice, you know, whenever she comes online. And, and, and we don't even know what her kids are dealing with or her children are dealing with, you know. But the family had that brother there one minute and gone the next. One of my many ex-wives, <laughs> you know, got sick. And and I had a chance to talk with her. I mean, I actually hear her voice. And yeah, she recovered. But for that time, you know, it was miserable. You know, and I, and I, I have relatives who have had some of the symptoms. And at the time that they had the symptoms, it caused some concern. Now, they got past the symptoms, you know, and I don't know, you know, what happens then. You know, if people have the idea that, you know, um, once you've been touched, now you're immune forever. And, you know, therefore, you know, you're safe to be around and and no matter what everybody else may do. But, man, I've taken some serious chances in this past week. You know, I went to a a gathering last week, you know, close gathering, you know, uh, of folks that we unmasked to do what we were doing, you know. And then I went to a party where more than half the folks weren't masked, you know. 
And then even as recently as today, it was another rather large gathering, you know, when you consider the issues of COVID-19. And the majority of them weren't masked, you know, and this was just family and, and close friends. And, and, and for me, it's not a question of their behavior. No, for me, it's a question of mine. You know, like, what, what is it that's more important to me? You know, and, and, and I'm, I'm disappointed in myself. You know, that um, I didn't take and I haven't taken, you know, the kind of responsible, you know, uh, um, um, reaction to what's going on. And, and, and as difficult as it may be to just tell myself, look, you know, you've prayed on this. You've had responses to this and you've made decisions on this before. Now, why are you reneging now? You know, what's that all about? And I even had somebody tell me that I was paranoid. No, I had a phobia. And I said, you know, yeah, my phobia is called COVID-19. And, and, and the response was, oh, that's, you know, that ain't nothing. That's no big deal. You know, and even mentioning some facts, it's like, yeah, 300,000 people. What the, you know? And it's like this attitude is one that also affects me directly because I'm at the top of the food chain, man. I'm 73. We're, we're at the top of the hit list. But I'm acting like their attitudes is more important than my fears. And I turned to the Lord about this. So, you know, I, I don't know yet, you know, where my where my fixed growth or emotional <laughs> intelligence is for <laughs> this dynamic. But I can tell you this, bro, I'm going to be studying my, my notes effusively tonight after we're done, man, to try to get yeah. some glimpses to, you know, just what's really of value to me right now. You know, I'm I'm like, you know, I'm 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 a I'm an enigma to myself. And I, I I don't have any concrete answers about this. All I know is that my mind is intelligent enough to absorb facts. And I have a hard time believing there there's a conspiracy worldwide about facts as the number of people infected and as the number of people dying keeps going up. I don't want anybody else that I know to be affected by this, to be, see, I told you, I don't want anybody I don't know to go through that. But, yeah. you know, it's like at some point, man, I got to decide, you know, what side of the fence, you know, I stand on and and stand there, you know, and let the stones come as they may, but trust that, you know, I got on the full arm of God to help fend all that off, but I haven't done that. I haven't put on the full armor of God yet, and that's up to me to decide if I'm going to or not, whether it's popular or not. You know, and and you know what my issue is even about the, the taking the vaccine. You know, I'm seeing all those who are talking that talk. I see them walking the walk. You know, now am I going to tell myself, oh, but they're not really? That's just sugar water that they're getting shot in their arms. That that they that the the, the real vials of of the vaccine are hidden with little dots that say, you know, everybody black that show up, we're going to give them, we're going to give them the virus, you know, and, and we're going to decide, you know, if, if other people are going to get the real deal or not. No, I have a hard time believing that, man. I, my, my, my mind, my intelligent mind says of these people I'm seeing taking this thing, you know, I trust, you know, that they're legitimate. If not, well, I don't stand a chance anyway. You know, so I'm I'm better off just throwing my mask in the garbage, you know, and just 
breathing on everybody like crazy. Anyway, thank you for letting me rant for these last seven minutes, man. I'm I'm backing off, man. Yeah, it's a, I mean, it's still it's still here, you know. It's still it's still here. I mean, uh, I I have moments, you know, where I mean, I, actually, I went out, I've gone out, uh, and been around other people, you know, and even a situation where nobody had their mask on. So I'm like, okay, well, I guess I'll take my mask off, you know. But I got to remember too that I'm, you know. Um, I just can't be doing that because I got somebody that depends on me to help them, you know. That's right, man. You know, and you know, that helps. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, well, maybe I don't need to say desperate, but really in need of that help. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I mean, changing behavior, you know, fixing growth mindsets, changing behavior now, you know. Wear a mask. Don't wear a mask. Um, hopefully, I hope. <laughs> I hope. You know, it's 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 a it's it's it, it, I find it curious too that it's I wonder why it's, it seems like it's difficult for us to really talk about. Um, it is it is difficult. You know, because the conversation isn't about facts. It's about Facts versus convenience. Well, I'm sorry. We'll go ahead, man. Do you think that if uh, I'm channeling, I'm channeling my my Adam Miller. Um, do you think that if every <laughs> I hope he's still on the line and heard that. I see him. <laughs> you need you know, to bring him I mean in right in now to let him respond to that comment. I mean, I'm this challenging my Adam Miller. And I, I, you know what? I, I, we, I can ask him this question too. We'll bring him yeah. in here. Right on. Um, <laughs> hopefully, I'm not embarrassing him or anything like that. But I mean this with the utmost respect. I'm challenging my Adam Miller. Adam. So, do you think Adam? I don't think he's there. Though. I hear something in the background. Oh, okay. Uh, right. Adam, are you available? All right, we'll we'll mute him for a second here. Oh wait, that's not even Adam. I'm sorry. Oh, we lost him there. I'm sorry. That was somebody else. My bad. <laughs> sorry about that. Okay. Um, but if every person wore a mask, do you think that things would be down, be, wouldn't be as bad as it is? Things have gone, have gotten better when just some people do. You know, I mean, there's been, there's been again, data to show that. In, in in one area of Kansas where there was some counties in Kansas that had the option and still have the option of wearing or not wearing a mask that chose to wear it, and other counties in Kansas chose to wear it. And the disparities are obvious. The red line kept going up and the blue line kept going down. You know, but that see, that's like convenience versus fact argument. You know, it's more convenient to me to say, ah, oh, that ain't, that's fake. You know, but those who are the living experience of the fact can only report the fact. You know, so, it, 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 yeah, to answer your question, every, every globally, every aspect of the medical profession globally says the one thing that would help faster than anything else is if everybody wore a mask. 
And I don't understand why that is so difficult to do. It doesn't mean you wear the mask while you try to eat. It don't mean you wear the mask while you try to kiss somebody. You know, it means you wear the mask when the, re- the need for social distancing presents itself. You know, now, how people are going to do their own intimate personal lives, well, that's determined by the degree of health. But I tell you, if everybody's wearing a mask, and if at that point that everybody put a mask on that you've tested, you know, negative, and if your, 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 your people have tested negative, and if everybody's wearing a mask, my bet is the, the number of people that would still get infected would be so minuscule that it wouldn't even be something worth evaluating. But how are we going to get there if we're just talking in, you know, um, in what ifs, you know, yeah. what ifs, uh, hypothetics, you know? Yeah, man, you know, I, I don't know. I think, you know. We had we had, we had to break up. I'm sorry, go ahead, Will. Um, accepting the responsibility, you know, being around other people. But yeah. some things you just can't really teach and just kind of hope that, well, I guess you could. But, uh, no, you can do what um, is being done. You can put the information out there. You know, yeah. but you said the word earlier when I was kind of over-talking. You said, you know, a a a a, a, a a reaction of responsibility, that word responsibility, you know, you know, I mean, like, let's argue or debate or discuss what that means, responsibility, you know, you know, just use that word, you know, so am I being responsible by wearing a mask or am I being irresponsible by wearing a mask? Am I being responsible by not wearing a mask or am I being irresponsible by not wearing a mask, you know? I mean, let's keep it in, in perspective of, of what facts, scientific facts. Have, do I believe in science or not? Do I trust the medical profession or not? You know, or is it just, I just don't want to have to do anything that's going to cause me to have to change anything. You know, I don't know, man. I don't know, Wilfredo. You know, I don't know. I can't ask somebody to even if they don't want to consider themselves to consider me. You know, well, I guess I could ask, but I'd be afraid to because I wouldn't want them to say, hey, man, F you. (laughs) (laughs) That wouldn't get me anywhere with my own esteem. (laughs) Yeah, so, you know, all I know is that it's not an open forum debate. It's not as something that I agree with you. It seems to create so much discomfort that people would rather just not talk about it. You know, and that causes me even a greater concern that it's not even yeah. a dialogue about it. You know, I've been watching this stuff closely since March, you know, but just because I've been watching it closely, you know, doesn't make me obsessive, compulsive, paranoid, you know, or otherwise creating a phobia. What it does is make me aware of what information's out there. Now, you know, how is, you know, like somebody also said to me today that they have a a relative who's been in the health field for 30, 34 years or something like that. And and I could hear the disclaimer getting ready to happen about this not being, you know, as serious as all that. I've been in the health profession for 40 years, and I'm one who thinks it's even more serious than what we know. You know, and all I can do is lay claim to those 
different walks of people who have died just trying to help people deal with the infection. You know, man, I don't know, man. I don't know. It's it's something that, you know, that I realize is, you know, not mandatory. You know, it's something that requires individually a decision of, you know, what's responsible and and what doesn't matter. I'm just disappointed in myself. I'm not disappointed in anybody else, you know. I just know that there was an epidemic at one time during my lifetime around AIDS, you know, and, and mm-hmm. certain directives were offered, especially as as AIDS spread from the gay population to everybody. Everybody got it. You know, everybody was, you know, um, was, was um, exposed. Everybody had the risk of being, you know, of being um, infected. And certain precautions had to be taken. But it still, you know, it, it eventually got under the control enough to the point to where it's under the radar. But, you know, the issue had to be recognized, you know, as, as social behaviors had to be adjusted. You know, I mean, like I was very fortunate that I found, you know, treatment for my alcoholism before I had to get treatment for AIDS. You know, I happened to just get get out from just under the radar screen. But those of my time, man, in the, Late seventies and early eighties, man, we we weren't nowhere near about you know safe sex. You know, it was like you know we would joke about it. You know, the only safe sex was self sex. <laughs> you, know, so, you know, man. You know, and that's just one example. That's just one example, man. You know, of of, of something that swept the country. You know, and it swept the country in a flash. Then we have something like e- Ebola. That hit and 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 Barack was on top of it, man. You know, right. but of course, you know, credit wasn't given where credit was due. Instead, it was downplayed, and I think that affected the attitude and behavior of most Americans today. The fact that mm-hmm. that was treated like, almost like it was just a hoax or it was just a hype that it wasn't real. But no, that's because my boy was on it, man. You know, and but not given the kind of credit that was due. We're, we're debating something that wasn't taken seriously by your president, you know, nine months ago. You know, 15 people would get it. It would be gone by the weekend and we would be fine. And unfortunately, even though there's a whole lot of people who are Trump supporters who back that idea, there are just as many who would throw a rock at you if you ever suggested they were Trump supporters, but yet they take that Trumpian attitude. I don't know. I guess it is a disease of convenience. Stop you. Yeah. 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 No. I mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. It's, we make it optional. This is America. We'll be all right. We'll be all right, we'll, man. We'll be all right. We're the best. Somebody we can figure it fix out. Fix it before it affects me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Somebody come up with the truth about death. Somebody's gonna find the cure of death before I die. <laughs> <laughs> wow. No, I used wow. to think like when I was, you know, in, in, in nine team double digits, you know, like 11, 12, and then somewhere around 19, the reality of death hit me, man, right between the eyes. And I'll never forget where I was when it hit. But it definitely got my attention. No, bro. You know, 
that you too shall pass. <laughs> yeah. Time is undefeated. Yeah, time, man, I love that, man. Time is undefeated. <laughs> so is Adam is back undefeated. yet? Do you remember what you were going to ask him? Well, it was just a question I was asking about if everybody, if everybody wore a mask, you know, would there be some changes in in what, where we are? Um, you know, if it was like mandated, regulated, you know, like in some countries, they'll beat your butt, you know, lock you up, you know, you try to step out your house, they'd be right there. Nope. Yeah. Right. You know. Right. That's right, man. Yeah. You lose all your civil rights, man. Man, you know, but so, um, but we still have the the option here. You know, I mean, like I walk into, I go get some gas, you know, and they got a sign right there, Illinois State Mandate, Governor Princeton, blah, 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 wear a mask. And there'd be a line full of mofos with no mask on, and some cats behind the counter don't care, you know. They making their money. Yeah. It's like day, you know. Free enterprise. Well, that's my part for what now, now what, man? Yeah, yeah, that, 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 that's enough. Um, you know, uh, the other thing, and we can even talk about this at the beginning of the year, because I'm sure we'll still be dealing with Trump, you know, but as he comes to uh, a close in January, you know, cats are still getting executed with the death penalty, you know, but then on the flip side of that, we got all these people that he's letting out of jail, you know, from, from Turkey to man. Jive Turkey. Yeah. <laughs> Turkey's a Jive Turkey. Jail. <laughs> yeah. He's either, you know, and, you know, giving them a, a, a commuting sentences or giving them full pardons. Man. And that's something else that uh, it's not really being talked about at all. And it's just, um, something that just faded right underneath us. But, yeah, what now, now what? There's plenty of stuff to throw the darts at. Plenty of stuff on well, the dartboard. Yeah, it's being talked by them. I don't know if it's being talked by us, but it's definitely being talked for them. It take It's taking the place of us, you know, and, and I, I, I don't think that that part of I mean, like, what happened to Black Lives Matter? Well, all nothing, the nothing right now is what happened to Black Lives Matter. You know, Black Lives still matter, but not as much as, you know, where the media has moved the dialogue, moved the needle. You yeah. know, Faria Chidea wrote a book back in the late 90s called Who Monitors the Media? You know, and <laughs> that is so deep of a question, I haven't even considered how to approach it. Who monitors the media? You know, they pretty much get to put out there in whatever time frames they decide, you know, just about whatever they want, you know. And now you have lawyers like for Fox News who says, well, it's not really news. Our station's about entertainment. Mm -hmm. So shouldn't they call themselves, in that false advertising, then shouldn't they be called Fox Entertainment? (laughs) Anyway. Yeah, that's no. where my crazy mind takes me, man. Yeah. But that's a good point, but, too. I mean, that, that's been the evolution of media and how it's affected us. But we don't, we don't, we mean black folks, we don't, we don't seem to get into these social dialogues. Like, what was that that you and I talked about earlier? 
you know, that I have yet to hear anybody, you know, in, in my social setting have a discussion about what congressperson should we call about this issue? Or mm-hmm. you call this person, I'll call that person. Let's find out, you know, what they what they say. I haven't, in all my life, I haven't had a conversation like that with anybody. And that's not to blame anybody. That's my part in it as well. You know, I haven't allowed myself to go to that. It's almost like, no, let me just be ignorant with my misery rather than even suggest to myself a phone call for no other reason would make a difference to my attempts. You know, but the kind of conversation don't come up, man. We seem to be, you know, okay to the stereotype of where we get our information from. And I ain't talking about mm-hmm. drums. Yeah. yeah. So. Well, that's where that's where you and I come in, and you know. Uh, Amen. That's, what I, that's how I feel about it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. While we're out here trying to educate these hundreds and thousands of people to call in, right? And the millions. <laughs> <laughs> millions yeah, of fans. That's right. That's right. Um, but yeah, this, hey. this, this, this is this has been. You know, I'm looking forward to next week. And talking about, you know, um, this this year in, in in review. But before, if I can just, I want to at least touch on one thing before, if I may. I want to talk Absolutely. about Mary Fields. Can I? Yeah, yeah. I've been waiting on Mary, man. Yeah. In my segment of a Black's view, you know, yes, that I've kind of passed over it. Okay. Um, I was. Oh, we're I was, great. We're right on time. I was really just kind of um, taken out by this story. And I can't remember what it was other than how it came to me that just drew my attention to it. And it started with uh, Gary Cooper. I don't know if you're old enough to remember Gary Cooper, but he's an actor who who starred in, seems like almost every movie he starred in was a hit. But I could understand why, because unlike Chadwick, you know, who left early, Man, Gary looked old when he first started out. <laughs> I don't know if he ever made a young movie. But anyway, you know, like the movies that he, you know, was in, the big ones was like um, Sergeant York. He won an Academy Award. Uh, Meet John Doe. Uh, High Noon. You know, do you not forsake me? That was Tex Ritter who sang that song. And John Ritter was the lead in um, that sitcom. Um, I forgot the name of the the dude and the two chicks, and they were roommates. And they had uh, the landlord who was always, you know, trying to scheme them out of money. I think Don Knox was the first one. (laughs) Three's Company. Three's Company. There you go. (laughs) I was going to let you keep going, but let me come save him, man. (laughs) Three's Company, Yeah. yeah. Yeah, all right. You know, uh, but anyway, uh, so Gary Cooper, you know, um, as the story goes, and it's com- and it's validated through, you know, if anybody ever wants to, just um, you can just Google her name or his name. He wrote he um, wrote an article. This was what got me. You know, he was a his his main thrust as an actor was between the 30s and the 50s. I mean, you know, I was born in 47. Um, so he wrote an article for Ebony Magazine, and I'm talking about Ebony from, you know, your place in the hood, man. You know, he, he wrote Ebony from Chicago, Ebony, back in 59. Okay. 
you know, um, and it was shortly before his death, you know. Um, and he said one of his, you know, Western hero- heroisms that inspired him was a black woman, Mary Fields, who ran a, the stagecoach line, which delivered U.S. mail to the remote farmhouse where he grew up in Montana. He he noted both her kindness and his admiration for her as a person. And so he was so taken by her as he got older. Not only did she influence his career as a star in Westerns, but he was so taken by her personality and her heroism, as he put it, that he wanted to be sure the rest of the world knew about her. So he just put this interview out in Ebony from an interview that was done with her back in the early 1900s. And so this is what I'm reading is in her own words based on an interview done back at the turn of the 19th century. And it said, I am Mary Fields. People call me Black Mary. People call me Stagecoach Mary. I was born in Cascade, Tennessee. I am six feet tall and weigh over 200 pounds. A woman of the 19th century. I do bold and exciting things. I wear pants, smoke a big black cigar, drink whiskey, and carry a pistol. Nobody tells me what to do. Nobody tells me where to go. When I'm not delivering mail, I like to build buildings. She was a carpenter on top of it. I like to uh, construction work. I like to build buildings. I like to smoke and drink at bars with the men. I like to be rough. I like to be rowdy. But I also like to be loving. I like to be caring. I like to babysit. I like to plant flowers and tend to my garden. I like to give away corsages and bouquets. I like being me, Mary Fields. And a reference can be found online about this story. You know, I just thought, man, first of all, Gary Cooper just wanting the world to know who she was. And Ray said he saw a movie, and it seems like he remembered just one quick part in it where this black woman jumped out of a stagecoach, said a couple things, jumped in the stagecoach and rode away. And I seem to remember seeing that too, but I haven't been able to find it. But, you know, what got me is this old you know, um, white actor, you know, Western star, wanted to be sure, you know, that 50 years later, 60 years later, the world would know who Mary Fields was, man. You know, so her her stretch of time is given from 1832 to 1914. So, you know, she, you know, she, she lived, lived to be in her 80s, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. 82. You know, you know, that, that, that says something, right? If you're a, yeah. a big woman, find your cigar, find your bar, find your homies, and kick it. <laughs> I would. He said that's the kind of movie I would love to see, man. You know, that's the kind of you know the kind of movie I would I would love for to to be out here, you know, to be seen. You know, and I tell you, ever since I saw the Black Panther, it messed me up in regards to movies. I never noticed before how many movies are out here, whether it's Netflix, whether it's the major movie outlets, HBO, Showtime, so forth and so on, all the movies that are out here and all the other places like Voodoo and, and, and you know what I'm talking, you know, all the ones, Hulu, you know. Um, wouldn't it be something if movies were equal in their presentations that regardless of, what it's about, forget that, because that really doesn't matter when you think about it from the perspective I'm about to offer. 
if it was just an even playing field, that for every white movie we put out, we're going to put out a black movie. Not the same movie, nothing like that. Just, you know, it's going to, so if it's 100 white movies, there's 100 black movies. And, you know, who's ever available and whoever we can afford will play whatever roles are available. We're not going to even make it color-oriented. You know, we might see a black Captain Kirk. You know, we might see a, 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 a green um, Denzel playing Mr. Spock. Who knows? But the thing is, just imagine what it would do to the imagination if roles weren't dictated by color and if color wasn't determined by power. What if Hollywood was an equal playing field? where movies were just made for entertainment, not for certain select members of a given culture, but just for Americans as a population in general. You know, yeah. And Black Panther just makes it impossible for me now to look at movies and not wonder that. Like, you know, 007, you know, I mean, Idris Elba would be a, a dynamic 007. You know, just playing 007, not playing James Bond, just playing 007 as Idris Elba, whatever the name would be, even if it's James right. Bond, fine, fine, you know. I can imagine it now. He's in a bar, and somebody walks up to him and says, and who are you, sir? And he says, Bond, James Bond. And the person says, but you're black. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> Not the not the not the lethal weapon, but you're black. <laughs> yeah, man, exactly. You know, but you're black. Yeah, of course I'm black. <laughs> what else do you think I am? <laughs> what am I supposed to be? Single O seven? <laughs> you know, yeah, man. You know, you know, yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. I mean, just what that would do for the creative imagination. We talked the last couple of weeks about, you know, the failings of history and how distorted it is. And what I love, mm-hmm. what that white dude wrote in that book, you know, about his history had lied to him. Well, yeah, but his history had lied to him like his history lied to me because it's our history that hasn't told us collectively the truth. You know, so, you know, um, a story like, you know, Stagecoach Mary for me just drives it home. But again, Hollywood is dependent on material. And material is based on scripts. And scripts are determined by writing, you know. So if you're not a, you know, if you're not an able writer, it's not going to be translated into a script. So where does, then does the writing come from? Writing is determined by stories. You know, who's telling whose stories? Who's telling whose stories? Yeah, and far too many of us black folks yeah. are leaving it up to somebody else to tell our stories, if telling our stories at all. You know, yeah. so. I'm dedicated, man. I'm, come 2021, I don't know where I'm going to find a place, but I will. And I'm going to open up a shop, man, and it's going to be dedicated to helping people develop their craft. You know, this is going to be called the Write Your Own Book Club, you know. And it doesn't matter, you know, what, what other – like, I'm not really – I'm not an avid reader. I'm not going to even pretend I am, you know. And I really admire people, especially those – and I know a few people that are – voracious readers, you know. Um, matter of fact, too much reading distorts my writing, but I love research, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and I, I love the research that goes into whatever I'm getting ready to write. That's my discipline, you know, and I can appreciate the skills of other writers, and believe me, I feel like my skills pale in comparison, like a, you know, a Stephen King or um, uh, John Grisham, you know, I mean, like, you know, the 
you know, and maybe I'm I'm determining the value of their writing based on, you know, their success on the, you know, the bestsellers list. I don't know. Um, all I know is that, you know, I'm I'm blown away by, you know, how like a Stephen King how, and Gresham, how so many of their books have translated into movies, you know. But I've watched a movie once that it was called The Bridges of Madison County. Mm. And it starts <laughs> out with, with these two uh, adults children, well, adult, grown adults, a man and woman, brother and sister, and their mother had just died, and that's kind of where the, where the movie begins. Are you familiar with it? Bridges of yeah. Madison County? Okay. Yeah, I know that's what, one of your favorites. Huh? Oh, every time I, know I that's watch one it, of your I fall favorites. in love, whether I got somebody to fall in love with or not. Matter of fact, every yeah. time I watch it, I start thinking about all the people I've fallen in love with before, <laughs> you know. Maybe I to give Belinda a call as an example, you know. <laughs> you know, um, but they found these journals that she wrote, and the journals told them about a part of her life that they knew nothing about. And if she hadn't written those journals, they never would have known why she wanted her ashes to be spread over the, um, the that that bridge. I forgot the name of it, you know. And, you know, but those journals, first of all, they were like, you know, our religion, we don't, you know, she's going to be planted in the ground. We're not going to throw her ashes in some river, you know. But if they hadn't read the journals, they never would have known the reasoning behind her request in her last will and testament. You know, and that just struck me, man. You know, like I may never get any of y'all to read any of my books, and that's okay. That doesn't matter, you know. What does matter, though, is that I know y'all will have them. And if you won't have them for any other reason, it's for those who come after you, you know. And that, to me, is the real joy in the attempt. And that's really what I want to just convince, especially those who are getting, you know, up in the years, seniors, seasoned, whatever we want to call them, you know, um, the my age group people. You know, just to convince them, believe it or not, your life is one incredible story, a story yet to be told, man. I'm dedicating 2021 to doing that, man, to developing whatever, you know, model has to be, you know, put together in order to deliver that idea, man. Because one thing's for sure, I got a whole lot of a population to work with, you know. So if I could just get 5% of them to, to, to – um, Go along with the idea. There will be a wealth of new material for Hollywood to work with. And we won't have to be waiting for everybody to die before they put their stories out on the screen. Mm. You know, that's another Mm. segment to start. They're dead now, so let's talk about them. (laughs) Yeah, after they died. Yeah, after they died. There you go. You know, they did. That's that's exciting, writing your own story. I'm sure the process itself is writing your own book. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was just evaluating, just thinking about reflecting what you were saying and just writing your own story. Uh, Yeah. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it's in a diary. It doesn't matter if it's in a journal. It doesn't matter if it's a short, you know, a, a little novelette. That's not the, that's not the point. That's not the issue. You have an aunt who's 105 years old. Don't you think, you know, that at least our part of the world would benefit from her story. I already have just sitting and talking with her for a couple hours at a family reunion. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, not just hearing about her, but learning some missing pieces about me based on her relationship with my family. You know, she's Aunt Edith. Her husband was Uncle Hank. I I still haven't figured out how that worked. How can, you know, one be the aunt and the other be, I mean, Cousin Hank. You know, she was Aunt Edith and he was Cousin Hank. <laughs> you know, that, that, that seems to be diametrically opposed. <laughs> but nevertheless, that's how we knew them both. And she's still alive, man, and sharp as a tack, you know. So don't you think that even in our, at least in our closed circle, that knowing that that information would be there would be, you know, just a, a of some value to, you know, to if not us, those that come after us. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I like to hear the stories about somebody in their family. I mean, you can hear, you can yeah. hear that energy. You know, that that, yeah. that that head goes up, that proudness. You know, that yeah. sense of identity, especially with that us. Sense of identity. As, yeah. You know, especially as Black Americans, as we keep trying to figure out our identity, at least we have <clears throat> stories and information. You know yeah, about people in our family, yeah. something in our lineage. Lineage. You know? Yeah, yeah. Some bricks, you know, some bricks that can start being put in place. You know, um, there was that as the story goes. Um, um, uh, I don't know if he was a poet or if he was a politician, but um, it's this um, Roman, and his name was Adrian, and. Um, after Nero had fiddled while Rome burned, you know, the citizens brought the question to Adrian and said, how do we rebuild a burned-down city? And he looked at them and said, brick by brick, dear citizens, brick by brick. You know, and I think that's where we're at right now, needing to rebuild the image of who we are. You know, uh, what is your saying? What we lose in the fire, we find in the ashes, is that how you say it? Uh, I said that we are. Uh, <laughs> I said I believe that we are in the fire before rising from the ashes. Okay, the there you go. Is, who, who, who are you? Who are you going to be coming out of the ashes? And I think the ashes is what safe slavery represents, you know. And I think what comes from that is what you were saying earlier about that superpower revealed, you know, yeah. not the, not the, the. Um, Alter ego, or what is what is it? You know, what is what is Clark Kent the Superman? Yeah, his uh, altered identity or his secret identity or whatever. <laughs> you know, like um, yeah. so it's like okay, you know, like so many black folks have gone through life being Clark, or you know, um, I don't know what the female derivative of Clark is. I guess it has to be you know. My Kent, <laughs> I don't know, you know, Susan Kent, you know, but too many of us have gone through life being, you know, um, the Kents, you know, and never realizing, you know, the super person, you know, that we were really meant to be, you know, but just sticking to the safe or the ordinary, you know, instead of, and I'm not talking about somebody else's idea of me. I'm talking about, as you said it, Walking the streets on the summer, I'm on the winter solstice, sol, sol, solstice, you know, and getting hit by the, the, the 2020 rate, you know, 2020, perfect vision, right? There you go, perfect vision. It came out of this and getting hit by that, you know, and having it transform me into this superpower I was always meant to be, 
You know? Yeah. Yeah, man. And I love yeah, the thought always... of, you know, the darkest night of the year, you know, and the darkest time of our country, you know, gradually giving from this, from that point on, gradually giving itself into the light, you know, that darkest moment, you know, gradually giving way to the light. And I, that just seems so synonymous to what this country is going through. It's the darkest moment that, you know, each day brings a little bit more light than what was there the day before. Yeah. And then you have the, uh, the star, you know, then you have Jupiter and Saturn doing their thing, you know, and it's still those increments of hope. It's still those, those seeds, you know, that's still planted, I think. Yeah. And and Mercury's retrograde ends next month. So, you know, there's constant change, constant change. And, you know, maybe we are developing superpowers and stuff like that. Uh, my my one of my oldest friends, Wallace J J I Wallace, he uh, yeah, Junior Junior, yeah, yeah. Junior, yeah. Oh, my uh, favorite Junior he, story. <laughs> <laughs> he uh, had posed the question, and uh, basically, you know, it was like it was just something about superpowers, you know, and it just it just came to me this response I had, and to me, I think first of all, our superpowers are individuality. You know, um, yeah. How about because, that, you know, man? Right on. Yeah. You know, uh, like, like you always say, everybody else is taken, right? So why are you trying yeah. to be somebody else? Just be yourself. Yeah. You know, and then if you've got some superpowers, you know, that whole Spider-Man with great power come great responsibility. <laughs> you know, uh, uh, sincerity and uh, compassion. Those are just some things that just popped out. We can do that all day. You know, we ain't got to have beams coming out of our hands or fire coming out of our, our offices or anything like that. You know, mm-hmm. we just put on, a, mm-hmm. put on a damn mask, man, and boom. Dun, dun, dun. Put on the damn mask. <laughs> wow. man, put on a mask and realize your superpower. Wow. Put on a mask. Yeah. I reverted back to that. But, you know, this is, and I think this is, a, a we're going through a lot. You know, winter solstice, this death rebirth cycle of the sun, you know, to the darkest day, to the brightest, the darkest night, to the brightest day, like the Green Lantern. Yeah, amen, man. You know, well, I won't cut in yet. Go ahead, finish your thoughts, man, before I start. Getting well, all cranked was, up. Was, yeah, yeah just, just, just the evolution. Um, you said 2020, I was always laugh and chuckle when I write down dates in 2020. I purposely write the whole 2020. Uh, Uh Jackson Jackson said, yeah, this wasn't the vision everybody wanted. (laughs) (laughs) We didn't want to see all this. (laughs) Right on Jackson. That's Will's son, in case y'all don't know. Yeah, right on Jackson. What is Jackson now? 13? 14? 14. 14. 14 now. Man. First year freshman in high school. You know, you talk about going through changes. Yeah. Him and you. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Yeah, I know. I've been there. Been there with pops. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, man. I've been um can I jump can I 
I don't want to take you off your stride. Um, you're good. We we got a few minutes left. We you can. Um, All right, I'm not going to get some you know, Obviously, because we only have a couple minutes, I'm not going to get into, you know, the what and the where with all. But just a little bit of something that I'm hoping to spend a little bit of time with next week, even though we're going to do the year in review. Hopefully, you know, because part of the year in review has to do with these incredible shows I've been watching on um, on television, man. And you know, I watch Fargo, and that. That that took me out, man, and and I can't remember the other one. Oh, the um the 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 Good Lord's Bird about um John Brown. Oh yeah, John Brown. And, right. and then I've been watching this thing called Penny Dreadful, and it's about mm. these little uh, comics that were called Dreadful Comics, and it cost a penny. I'm, I learned I'm learning all this from my nephew. It's not like man, he knows a lot. No, I just know a lot of people know a lot. <laughs> Well, that, amen, that's you. what you do, though, man. That's, that's, that's the greenhouse effect right there. Amen. Right. Amen. And, you know, like, more so than just, and, of course, you know, you know, um, all you, you, Ray, your cousin, you know, a bonus, you guys are kind of cut from, and, and even, you know, Durant, and I don't remember, Durant, that's his slave name. I don't remember his um, high name. And I, do you remember um, I have to look it up. I don't re- okay. I want to make sure I pronounce it correctly. That's why I have to right. look it up. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to, um, I didn't want to um, disrespect him by just calling him Kunti Kente. You know, so, right? Man, yeah. No, I don't do that. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Any more than I would call it bone of that, right? And so I'm watching this thing, man. I just finished the first season, but here's what got me. You know, this is all about the Victorian era. And so everything that I'm now that's the 1800s primarily, you know, pretty much the 19th century just goes through the 1800s. If you can just hold that as the context for a minute. And I'm thinking about as I'm watching all of this, you know, all of this violence and all of this sex, you know, and all of these strange behaviors that are happening during this era of psychiatry, you know, um, I can't help but wonder what would it be like to have that same kind of show in America about the behaviors of the people, but not just the people, you know, white people, but what would that kind of show look like for those who were either in slavery, indentured servitude, or free? You know, what would it look like as far as you know, the violence of that era for them and what would it look like as far as, you know, the, 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 the sexual deviations even, you know, just, and how would that be diagnosed? And that was my aha moment. Here's the problem. Black folks have never been looked at that way. We've always had to be fit in categories of the dominant culture, you know, and I don't mean dominant by, you know, by number. I mean dominant by power and visibility, you know, but what would it mean if we had our own, separate type of, you know, psychiatric approaches based on our behaviors and then fast forward it to now. I bet it wouldn't seem so odd to see ourselves now and reflect back to, wow, we used to really carry on like that. And that's what's really blowing my blowing me away as I'm watching these things, you know, because somebody wrote these things. That came from right. some mind of the time, you know, and so that, the you know, like we only write what we know. And mostly we, 
and it usually is going to be about us. And what I mean by that is going to be our interpretation of whatever it is we're writing. So it's going to come from us. It's not somebody else's interpretation. But even if it was, it would still be our interpretation of somebody else's. So we only write about us no matter what we call it. You know, and I just think that would just be such a powerful thing now, you know, especially coming through this year of COVID, you know, if we put that stuff in pen, what it's been like for us, regardless of what we believe or whatever. It's not about being, you know, um, politically correct. It's about how is this thing called COVID-19, you know, affected me. Yeah. Anyway. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I just think it's a theme waiting to be discovered, man. So that's it, man. I know we're near the end and we got four minutes left. So I'm out the way, man. I'm backing off. I can't crack, cr- crank open your um, closing song, um, <laughs> but I got it in my ear. <laughs> and thank you for tonight, man. And thank you for today, you know. And I was raised at a time when parents weren't allowed to consider their children to be their friends because we had the job of discipline to do. Right. But nobody yeah. ever said that applies to our children once they become adults, you know. Yeah. And I think if I could ever get in out of the context of how I was conditioned to think that led me into, you know, parenthood, you know, um, I would really have no problem thinking of you as my best friend as well, man. Amen. Cool. <laughs> Amen. That's cool. Thank you, Dad. Yeah. Um so next week we'll you be back have to here. deal with you know your sibling, you know um, uh, reaction to that comment. You know, but that's on you. That ain't on me. Yeah. Uh, so next week again we'll be back next Wednesday, uh, Wednesday uh, same time, seven p.m. Central Standard Time. Again, the Greenhouse for uh, Greenhouse Effect Radio Show here on Blog Talk Radio. Um, before we go here, I want to leave you all with one last thing I want to share. Um, so, <clears throat> excuse me. You free yourself when you stop judging yourself on every mistake you make. You free yourself when you stop letting the world tell you your worth. You free yourself when you stop selling yourself short and start sharing your best qualities. You free yourself when you stop focusing on the problem and you begin to pursue your full potential. Only you can free yourself. So, ladies and gentlemen, next week, Amen. Dad and I, the Elias Historian, will be back. Um, take a moment to meditate, you know, set aside some time for your affirmations. Again, because I believe that we are in the fire before rising from the ashes. Again, the question is, who are you going to be coming out of those ashes? So, please be mindful of your heaters and your trees. Uh, happy holidays. Hope you have a good Merry Christmas. Happy Kwanzaa. Uh, happy Hanukkah. All that good stuff that's coming up. And please be aware of your surroundings. <laughs> As always, uh, be blessed. Be masked up. Be safe. See you all next week. Love you, Dad. Love you back, man. All right. Amen. As I lie here on the rooftop in the rain, I'll say.